You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Roz Caveney. Her newest novel is Rituals, Rhapsody of the Blood, Volume 1. Thank you for joining me, Roz. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me, as it were. I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your experience of the fantastic as a writer, how you decided to use it, and why. Well, as you probably know, I'm primarily been known as a Christian scholar in the field. I worked quite closely with John Clute and John Grant on the Encyclopedia of Fantasy. I was, I, in fact, a lot of the subject headings for the Encyclopedia of Fantasy were the creation of me and John Clute over you know, weekly meetings where we consumed vast quantities of red wine and went, uh, prior elites, um, the wager lost by winning, And so I spent the early 90s thinking a lot about the tropes of fantasy. Now, at that point, I was working on the Midnight Rose books um, because I'd been asked by Penguin to edit some anthologies because of the anthologies I'd already edited. And I put together the Midnight Rose Collective with Neil Gaiman and Mary Gentle and Alex Stewart And the consensus was they'd work with me as long as I did some writing because they'd read some of my non-genre fiction, which has never been published, and said, you've got to do some more writing and you may as well start writing genre material because you've got a chance to publish some. So back in the early 90s, I published five novellas in those anthologies and a couple of short stories elsewhere. And it was informed by the fact I was doing a lot of critical writing, I was doing a lot of reviewing, I was working on the encyclopedia. Then, for various reasons having to do with my involvement in politics, I was very involved in civil liberties politics in most of the 90s, I stopped doing much writing uh, till the early 21st century when I got involved in doing a a lot of media criticism and did the book on Buffy, the book on science fiction film, and the book on fantasy film, which I will at one point, some point deliver. Um, I was also, partly because of a rather fraught relationship with the fan community around Buffy, became a fan fiction writer simply as a way of going native and not seeming like a, an interloper. And I quite enjoyed writing fan fiction. In fact, I found it very liberating because my earlier fiction, well, perfectly all right, had had this slight slightly constipated quality that I didn't like and various friends started saying why you're a professional writer why are you writing fanfic I said because it's liberating something in me and they said when are you going to write I said sometime soon I said I will write the novel that I couldn't possibly have written it without spending two or three years writing fan fiction which was to some extent me shooting a line at the time but retrospectively became true because I realised that actually that was a way forward and I could justify everything I'd ever said as a critic by doing what I wanted to do 
doing what the critic in me had always wanted to read myself because part of the point of writing is to write the books you want to read and essentially the Rhapsody of Blood sequence of which Rituals is the first though Reflections has been is complete and has been delivered and I'm working on Returns um, was to write the book I wanted to read uh, so something that took that was a little less congenial than a lot of a, a lot of genre fantasy. I wanted I wanted the horror and the nightmare to be a real real horror and real nightmares. I wanted to write something that was unapologetically queer. I wrote, wanted to write something which didn't pussyfoot around um, offending people's religious sensibilities. Um, I wanted to write something that I wanted to read, and I rather think I've managed. I mean, it's also another aspect of the situation was the years, in retrospect, though it was only in um, 2008-2009 that I started writing poetry again, seriously. I mean, I hadn't been writing poetry at all since my 20s but in retrospect looking back at the work I was doing in rituals it was fairly clear that my writing is people have been saying you know how did you ever think you weren't a poet when when you were writing this and I said well I, because I was dumb now I'd like you to talk a little bit about uh, working in genre criticism because that's such a specialized field in it but it requires an immense amount of dedication and knowledge well it's partly something I did because it was well you know in my mid-20s when I transitioned I needed to find a niche to work in um, and it was something I knew about it was something I could get work doing it was also something that fascinated me but on the other hand I have a perfectly solid career as as a reviewer, I mean, I do I review a lot of an awful lot of non-genre fiction uh, and non-genre film uh, for various uh, magazines and newspapers, and always have done. Uh, now, are you gonna are, are you are we going to see some of your non-genre fiction? If you've been reviewing so much, I'm interested in seeing what you have to write outside the genre. Well, here's the thing: my one non-genre novel is now 25 years old and I'm not ashamed of it I nearly sold it two or three times a lot of people have read it and liked it it's a very different book to what I'd write now and I can't imagine I can't imagine wanting to change it because it's a period piece um, because it's essentially a fictionalised memoir of my adventures in the in the States, in the bar scene, in the immediately pre-epidemic period, because it's a book that's, in its material, is set very much, very crucially in 78, 79, before we were, any of us were aware of the epidemic. So in a way, it's, it's a complete period piece, because it records the life of hustlers, 
and bar people in that period when I was living in Chicago at various points. So I wouldn't want to change a thing because that would be a falsification of a historical document. On the other hand, there's some clunkiness in the writing that makes me go, ouch. Well, it sounds like you could kind of uh, rewrite it as a piece of uh, reportage. Well, even that I feel, because it's a book I wrote in 85, 86, about a time... I was, when I wrote it, I was much a much younger person. I mean, I'm 63 now. It's a book I wrote when I was 36. I'd feel very dishonest. I, and I'd feel betraying that younger person I used to be. And I'm, I'd be sceptical about the value of rewriting, but people would just have to take it as an early work by someone whose writing has, has changed. Could you talk a little bit about using the tropes of the fantastic to externalize things that you can't talk about in uh, mimetic uh, fiction? Um, here's the thing. One of the things they do, that that does, is actually, I mean, I wrote a lot in my work on, say, Buffy, about the way that the show concretized metaphor and used the fantasy trips to concretize metaphor. Having said that about someone else's work, I've been slightly amazed at the extent to which people have read Rituals as a much more consciously ideological book for a start. I mean, one of my friends, one of my more political friends, keeps threatening to write a column about how it's a crucial work of contemporary anarcho-feminism. And I go, really? And they say, well, X, Y, Z, and, you know, Z, and stands for, and I said, but I wasn't aware of doing any of that. But on the other hand, those are my politics, and yes, I can see how you can read that that way. But I think part of it is that fantasy, the fantastic tropes, and working with, in the fantastic frees your mind to do what you want to do. It's... It's a discipline. It's like um, a lot of my poetry is very formal. I'm very fond of using sonnet form and villanelles and sestinas. Um, because if I do something that's very formal in one way, it frees my mind in others. It means, for example, that in order to write in the formal sets... Or set for in the set forms of poetry, my thinking of what I'm saying is forced into channels it might not otherwise have gone in. I mean, while I in no way reject the work I've done that is very performative free verse, um, I mean, there's quite a bit of it in the collections. I always know with that pretty much where I'm going, whereas the point is when I'm writing rhymed verse, uh, very heavily metrical rhymed verse, half the time I have no idea what I'm going to say. Um, there's a whole sequence of rhymed narrative poems, which I call ballads, not in these collections. When I start those, I often don't know where the story goes. I just start writing in this quatrain form with a situation and see what happens. And the, the rhyme and the meter 
tell me what to write. Um, some some work that I've been that has had quite a bit of circulation is the steampunk sonnets. Um, Charlie Strauss and Cat Valente were announcing on Live Journal that steampunk was done and dusted. And I said, pish, tash, nonsense, nothing of the sort, because of the imagery of steampunk being so vibrant. And in order to make the point, I started writing a sequence of poems which used sonnet form, which started off with a single strong steampunk image that were mostly probably 11, 10, 10 at least of the 12, probably 11, are quite strong little narratives. But again, what my argument was that the imagery of steampunk is so strong that it will write stories for you and it will, it will force narrative on you. And the interesting thing was when those poems were published on Tor.com, the number of people said, well, when are you going to write the stories that these are summaries of? I said, I'm not, because these are the stories, because they're poems, and, and because the, writing the poem told a story I had no idea about, you know, that the story came out of the poetic form and they couldn't, it couldn't exist otherwise. And that's how I feel generally about um, the tropes of fantasy. It's so interesting because it seems that the process of having things, uh, the removal of decisions makes, enables freedom. I absolutely think that. Um, I'm, and I guess and that's very much, a, in a sense, a critic's insight into... It's odd that, I mean, one of the reasons I started writing fiction back in the 80s was... I got fed up with being patronised by writers <laughs> for being a critic. And you, know, well, you may think you know, but you don't know. So it was a way of saying, hmm, actually not so much. I've been speaking with Roz Caveney. Her new novel is Rituals. It's Rhapsody of the Blood, Volume 1. Thank you for joining me, Roz. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.